Hey, what's going on? My name's Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm a transformational coach here for the Patterns of Possibility. The Patterns of Possibility is all about helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In each episode, we'll explore topics that inspire confidence, direction, and resilience. This episode right here is very special because it is my very first interview. Since this podcast is all about finding harmful patterns and changing them into new possibilities, my conversation is around the patterns that he's had in his life, what he's discovered, and how he's overcome it. I hope you enjoy it. I'm very excited to introduce to you Aubrey Johnson, who has a podcast called Road to Rediscovery. Are you ready? Let's go. You're listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. Like I said in the last episode, we're going to have guests. I'm going to interview people. I'm very, very excited to have my very first guest, a host of Road to Rediscovery. Wow. See, I'm so nervous. Can you see that? <laughs> I'm so nervous. But I'm so excited to introduce to you Aubrey Johnson. So, Aubrey, please say hello to everybody. Oh, thank you so much, Lee. Hello, everyone. It's so great to be here. I'm very excited to be on the Patterns of Possibility co- uh, podcast. My name is Aubrey Johnson. I am the creator and the host of the Road to Rediscovery podcast. And, um, you know, from one podcaster to another, Lee, I'm just so glad that we can uplift others, each other, and um, help each other, uh, all in the name of uh, poignant uh, messages that uh, resonate with both of our listeners, for sure. The listening community. How about that? The listening community. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> we have. A, uh, that's what I like is uh, spreading positivity. It relates so much to you know what I've gone through, and you know, just everyone has had these kind of experiences. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious about you know why you started and uh, what kind of patterns have you recognized in your life? Because, you know, this is all about uh, finding patterns and breaking those. So what kind of patterns have you found in your life? Yeah, you know, Lee, that's a, that's a great question. Um, uh, If I were to go, oh, I guess as far back as maybe high school, um, in terms of patterns, I'd have to say, um, one big pattern that I found myself kind of stuck in was um, having a sense of bravado, a sense of uh, some people call it um, machismo, um, <laughs> and and being you know very confident of yourself and and you know being very determined and knowing what you want and just having this this air uh, of and this vibe of having everything figured out, right? And um, knowing your way around the world, knowing how things work. Um, for a long time, starting out, I just thought I had it all figured out, you know? And I thought, well, you know what? After high school, I'll be good, you know? Because I know how people are. I know how things work. I have, I have, I have it all figured out. 
and I may not know exactly where I'm going, but you know, I'll move with conviction in a direction to where it will give me my destination. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah. just figuring you have it all figured out. That was, that was my, my, my pattern that I've been stuck in for a lot of years. So it was like you were just trying to figure out exactly where you were. Because essentially I heard you say that you were in high school and you weren't really the bravo machismo kind of guy, right? And when you got out of high school, you was like, well, that's not a big deal. You can figure it out later because you've, you've discovered what you needed to. You discovered, I guess, that high school just wasn't the end all be all. And after high school, you could go and explore the world, discover what you need to discover about yourself. Yeah, that's true, you know, and and I didn't have as much bravado and machismo in high school, just like you said, but after high school, it really came to surface. It came to ah. surface in such a way that, <clears throat> you know, um, it was a blessing and a curse, you know. Um, uh, one thing I was always told growing up as, you know, as a teenager um, was that, you know, girls like a guy with a sense of humor. Girls like a guy who um, has, you know, gentlemanly habits, like opening the door, you know, chivalrous. Mm -hmm. And uh, they also like a man who's very confident. And so um, confidence for me um, came very easily after high school as I would do certain things like um, um, my full-time job um, and, and going to college uh, taking my classes, how I interact with my um, with my classmates. So uh, I want to ask yeah. you about that right there. I mean, like mm-hmm. it, it just seemed like a huge adjustment, a huge adjustment. Because I think um, if for me, it was like I went to high school and I continued on whatever mm-hmm. whatever I was experiencing in high school throughout college, and it, it mm-hmm. seems like it was a change for you. You were just a different person. So how did that come about? Was there an event or an experience that you could relate to or or point back at and say, this is when I really started to, to figure out this is, I'm the machismo guy and I'm going to, I'm going to show everybody. Yeah, that's a great, great question, Lee. Um, I won't say that there was one definitive moment in time where uh, I had that quote epiphany, you know, Mm -hmm. but what I will say is um, through my high school years, uh, there have been multiple events that uh, just kind of resonated with me to make me kind of think otherwise. Um, And and here's what I mean. Um, In high school, all I worried about was acceptance. All I worried about was Mm -hmm. fitting in, okay, Um, being a part of a group or identified with a certain, um, a certain clique. You know, and and to me, that that was very important in high school for some reason. The need to be popular was very important to me in high school. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure why, but it it really was, you know, whether I was in band or in sports or just uh, just, you know, the whole student body. You know, I just needed to be popular and I wanted to be accepted in different groups. And and so uh, a lot of a lot of. I had anxiety and didn't even know it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so a lot of, um, a lot of that time I was kind of immersed into that. And then, then my senior year, I decided, I guess I kind of, I don't know. I I think 
I think this just came over me. No one said anything like this. It just came over me. Mm-hmm. I started to realize that, you know what? You don't need to validate yourself by groups that you're associated with. You know, you can march by the beat of your own drum Absolutely. and not be so tied up into uh, trying to identify with a group or trying to be accepted by a group um, because when you do that over and over and over again, you're in this crazy cycle and you lose uh, any uh, touch of who you are, you know? So Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. It sounds like you were, you're in high school and you were just trying to to fit in anywhere. A sports band, I think, by the way, sports and band, like Mm -hmm. you got in both best of both worlds right there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Best of both worlds. I mean, um, that's where most of the, the people are. I mean, in high school, that's where the cliques are. So you were trying yeah. to fit into those things and you just realized like, yeah, this doesn't matter. It was like essentially in high school, you're like, eh, yeah. I don't need to do this. I can be my own self. Yeah. And, right. and so you took my that own from self, high school. Do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I took that from high school, you know, and, 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 and when it really started to kind of take shape was, Outside of high school, you know, when when I was still in high school, but I had a part time job at a fast food restaurant. And so, you know, a lot of the people I worked with in the fast food restaurant, they were adults, they weren't in school, you know, and so, you know, I would start hanging out with them. And, you know, they're like, hey, after work, you want to go here? Want to go there? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, and and then it's so to me, it's almost counterintuitive. But the moment I decided and felt like I can release from all of those wound up feelings of needing to be accepted and trying to be part of a group or a clique, when I released that, over time, I started to realize, wow, people were trying to jump on my bandwagon. People were trying mm-hmm. to say, hey, let's go out and let's do this and let's mm-hmm. do that. You know, and 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 in, in other words, I didn't I, I didn't seek out anymore. I just go about my flow. And then people were like, hey, can I join you? You know, or mm-hmm. come do this with us and, and that sort of thing. So strange, but that's how it unfolded for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, that, that it feels kind of strange, right? It does. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it is absolutely natural for us humans to just look at something that's solid that knows what it wants and just be like, and try to cling to it. And it turns out when you stepped into yourself, you were like, Oh man, that guy, he's confident. Where is he going? (laughs) What is he doing? I need to see what's up with this guy. And so, (laughs) yeah. And so that just, I mean, that is a definitely a a weird feeling to first have spent so many years trying to fall into this group and fit into it and discover that you are a force on your own. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So then you said back to the the part where you said that uh, the bravado was got mm-hmm. you in a little bit of trouble. I imagine that this is where it starts, where people are like starting to follow you around, thinking you're yeah. interesting and, yeah. and so forth. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. Um, again, the bravado um, attracted a lot of people. They say, "Hey, he's confident. He's going in this direction. Uh, it must be a good direction." Kind of like Forrest Gump. I don't know if you ever seen Forrest Gump. But when he started running and as he's running and running, then all these people start to join him. They don't yeah. know why, but it's like, yep. hey, he must be doing this for for a good cause, you know. 
So they mm-hmm. start joining. So that's how it was when I had this bravado, when I had this sense of self. Now, I was never self-righteous to the point where I started putting people down. Never did that. Mm-hmm. And I was never self-righteous to where I would say, hey, everybody, look at me. I did this. I did that. But um, I and was. I'm sorry. You also you also didn't form a cult or any kind, right? No, I didn't form a cult okay. of any kind at all. Yeah. Okay. So let's just charismatic get that leaders. out there. that's right that's right so uh where it started to kind of get me in a in a little bit of deep water lee is a young adult now right Mm -hmm. i have my first office job i turn 21 Uh, most people in the office are you know older than me they're in Mm -hmm. their mid to late 30s early 40s and so, you know, they've been in the adult scene for a while. I'm just I'm just turning 21 and they're taking me out for my 21st birthday. The first time I can legally drink, you know, mm-hmm. in, in an establishment. And, you know, I had that bravado then. But then the way they took me under them and I was part of them, you know, um, I, I it just boosted my ego a little bit more, you know, and so. It got to me to the point where I thought, you know what, I can work real hard, which that's part of my ethic anyway, to work real hard. And back then, my slogan, my, my tagline was this, back then my, uh, or my mantra, back then my mantra was this, work hard, play hard. Okay. Okay. And so I worked very hard, but you know what? I played very hard too. And mm-hmm. I, I, I convinced myself again, bravado, I can go out and party any night of the week until three, four o'clock in the morning, drink as (laughs) much as I want and Uh, still make it home safe and still get up to be at work at eight o'clock, you know, and I mean, a 21 year old, 21 year old metabolism. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I did it, you know, and, and then, you know, (sighs) You, you you think, and this is true, for someone to be humbled by, you know, and realize that, hey, you know, newsflash, you can't do this. It's not sustainable. Uh, it didn't happen to me right away because I was getting away with it. I mm-hmm. was doing it. And, 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 and the longer I got away with it and the longer I was able to, to do it, I, it just boosted my ego up even more and gave me, you know, just made me feel like I had more control, made me feel like that, that I, you know, that I, Mm -hmm. that I can, uh, that I do have it figured out, you know? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, that was crazy. But yeah, that's, that's, that's where it started to um, kind of take a, take a decline, so to speak. Okay. And yeah, and and um, my early twenties, my mid twenties, you know. Um, so you're seeing that that kind of pattern lasted throughout, you know, for several years. You were just going out, having party, partying a bit, coming to work, and doing it, getting away with it for a while. Yeah, yeah, it lasted until I guess you could say my late twenties, early thirties, because as I wow. got older, things started to happen. Okay. I'm impressed. I'm not, I'm not saying that people should go out there and do that, but I'm definitely genuinely impressed by that because it takes, I mean, I mean, I've been 
drinking before too before like yeah. i mean i drank yeah. i drank like you did like you're talking about but it didn't last yeah. me very long cuz i couldn't handle it like that but yeah so i can imagine <laughs> like with that even me saying it now you could probably feel like some boost mm-hmm. of confidence from it but i could see like people around you like saying hey you do a great job good at your job and you come in you're like yeah i was out partying yeah. last night too and on the bomb here so yeah what i got it figured out even more boost yeah even more boost <laughs> all right so even more boost and yeah 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 so what ended up uh breaking that for you like what what happened that there was there something in your late 30s you said something started to happen what was that well yeah yeah just different things started to happen like um I don't know. Um, one night, I I think I went out and I was with some friends and um, I lost my keys. Couldn't find my keys and bars closed at two o'clock and we were just um, we were just you know looking around for about an hour and a half. I didn't find my keys till three thirty, you know, in the morning. Hmm. And then I hop in the car and uh, you know go 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 home from there. And then another time where I, oh my gosh, this was horrible. Um, I was supposed to get up and train a group of, um, a group of guys uh, at 6.30 in the morning um, when I was traveling for business. I traveled a lot for business for my previous company. And I was supposed to not get up at 6.30, but be in the office ready to train them at 6.30. Okay. And mm-hmm. I was out till about four thirty, five o'clock. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And you know, with, uh, with, with, um, some people from, from, from that office. Right. And, um, they were showing me the area because I, you know, I, I came in from out of town and, um, man, we really tied one on. Right. And so, wow. uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't pull that off then because as soon as I hit that bed <laughs> after that <laughs> night i woke up to a phone ringing and someone asked aubrey where are you where are you and i'm like oh my gosh and i hurried up and rushed there and everything and well what uh, time was that phone call the phone call was about eight i guess eight in the morning uh, okay, yeah okay and, yeah and so um i was whew, that was some years ago thankfully and um, yeah. I, I so beat myself up over it. Well, a lot. what happened that the the job thing that they like they just like because it was part of your. I mean, I'm thinking that you're still at the same company and you're just doing the going through the patterns at the same company. Yeah. And this is still the company that you started with. Yeah, I mean, and, before. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not. I'm no longer there. Um, you know, the company I'm with now. I've been going on seven years, but um, the previous company I was just referring to you on is um, I, I was there for 21 years, and this happened. Ah. Yeah, and and see, this happened in my third year there. So, you know, oh. yeah. So again, I was in my mid to late 20s. These things started to slowly happen one after another, one incident after another to where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, uh, hmm, Aubrey, okay, well, you know, you're, you didn't do this in your early 20s. And now this is happening, you know, and Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't heed those signs, right? 
I didn't right. heed those signs. And, 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 and that's a big part of where the road to rediscovery and, and the idea behind it came from, which, you know, we can talk about later, but um, I didn't heed the signs and then things got worse. And, you know, whenever I traveled to different cities, I would see what's the, what's the hottest night spots in those cities, you know? Mm-hmm. And then after working hard, I say putting in 10, 11 hours, I go to the hotel, get a good workout at the gym, go back to my room, take a shower, change clothes, go out to dinner, and then have drinks, find a bar to go to, or it may be a restaurant bar, you know, where mm-hmm. I would hang out with, uh, you know, my, my coworkers from that area. And it was, it was a vicious cycle, but I did it over and over again. And I had a lot of fun with it. And then, and then, and then, uh, March of <laughs> 1999, March of 1999, Battle Creek, Michigan. And well, it sounds like, sounds yeah, like a day to remember. It, a night to remember, uh, that will go down in infamy. And, um, yeah, that night, um, I was driving home from a bar and it was like three in the morning and, you know, I'm doing pretty well. And I get halfway to my hotel, I get to a traffic light and it's red and, you know, I press on the brake and I wait for it to change and I fall asleep with my foot on the brake. Oh, and next thing I hear is tap, tap, tap on my window. I look to my left and it's a police officer. And so from there, I roll down my window. He asked for my driver's license. He asked me to step out of the car. He gives me a test, a breathalyzer. And then I'm arrested for DUI. Okay. Yeah. And so I've got to, I've got to ask you though. I mean, mm-hmm. so the last place you left us visually, I'm sitting here at the stoplight with you with your brake, with your foot on the brake. Mm-hmm. So what happened to the car? Like how would you driving and then end <laughs> up in a ditch somewhere and he tapped on your window or no, you just kind of parked yourself I, and fell asleep. I fell asleep with my foot on the brake. You're at kidding. The light, the, wow. the light turned green and I stayed right there, you know? Oh, but... so yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how it went down, man. Well, I, I, I just imagine that, you know, do you, cause I, I guess I would just pass out and like my foot would be off the brake, just mm-hmm. be in the passenger mm-hmm. seat, just slumped over. But yeah. that's an incredible story. I'm so glad that, you know, that was something yeah. that was, you know, a bad thing that happened. Nothing worse could have happened. I mean, something worse could have happened. Right. It could have been, a, exactly. It could have been yeah. a lot worse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, that that started the beginning of me starting to realize, Hey, I may not have this as figured out as I think I do, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I may not have this as figured out. And, um, you know, there's some things that I may seem very confident about, but I need to, um, I need to, uh, give myself permission to say, Hey, I don't know how this works, or I don't know what this is, and ask for that help. I, I, I thought asking for help was a sign of weakness as well, you mm-hmm. know. And so um, I had to, I had to come to terms with that 
you know, and, 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 and that event I just shared with you was the start of, you know, trying to break that pattern and develop a better pattern. Yeah, definitely. It yeah. sounds like, you know, there, there could have been, there were many instances where you just kind of, you got away with it. You got away with it. You were young enough to metabolize the alcohol. You were right. smart enough to do the job. So you did it well. Right. You excelled. Nobody questioned that. And if you do that for long enough, like a decade, you were just going to feel like, hey, this is easy. It's too easy to do. It's too easy to get yeah. away with. And and if you encounter a challenge, I call it a challenge now, like um, like falling asleep at the stoplight. It's not. The, it wasn't the thing that stopped anything. It was just another thing for you to kind of look at and say, "All right, well, what can I, I can probably get over this. I can probably deal with this too." And because you said that was a start, it wasn't the mm-hmm. end. It was a start of changing the pattern. So there were some more events in there um, mm-hmm. that that really drove it home for you. So. Would you mind sharing uh, anything that may have happened that you decided that, all right, this is enough. I can't, I'm going to change this. Because I imagine that it had to be something that's pretty big. Yeah. 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 It was, it was pretty big. Um, at that time, um, when I got that DUI, um, I was married and, um, you know, we had a, we had a little boy. Uh, he was one, he was one at the time. And, um, and um, I just, I, I started to realize, wow, you know, I can't be going around doing these crazy things. Um, when now I have a little one who's, who's counting on me, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I was traveling like constantly um, our pattern was this, um, with our job and our project, uh, we would go out of town for five weeks and then I would come home and be home for a week with my family and then fly back out to another town or city for five weeks and then come back home for a week. Wow. And that went on and on and on for about a good six or seven years. And, um, and at the time that I, uh, was married to my first wife, and, um, and we had our son, um, I was in my last year of doing that. And I asked my boss for, you know, a job where I didn't travel. Um, and so I saw a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and I'm telling my then wife, you know, Hey, um, you know, my boss is going to give me a different job, um, where I'm not traveling. Uh, I can't wait until I'm done with this project to where I'll be coming home every day, every night, you know? And, um, and, you know, she was excited and everything and, and, you know, we were really looking forward to it. And Mm -hmm. when it happened, when it happened, it didn't turn out that way. In fact, uh, it got worse. She got tired of seeing me around the house. (laughs) It wasn't like I was unemployed. I mean, I was still going to work, but she Mm -hmm. got tired of seeing me come home from work every night. Um, and, and we started to get into arguments and fights and, then she told me one night, she said, you know, quite honestly, I got used to you not being around, you mm-hmm. know, uh, all that time. And, um, you know, I've always been tight with my boy. So, you know, I, I you know, that that has never fell by the wayside. Um, and, and, and then, uh, you know, things kind of escalated between my then wife and, and me and I um, to the point to where, um, 
uh, we were separated and then filed for divorce. Uh, and this was uh, 2001. And at that wow. time, I decided to fight for custody for my son to live with me. And that just drew out the divorce because we had the custody as part of the divorce so that, you know, any other agreements or, um, you know, between mm. child support and all and visitation and all that stuff had to get all vetted out as part of the divorce as well. So something that could have taken less than six months to process like a divorce, it took three years and, wow. um, and it was tough, you know, a tough thing to go through, uh, an ugly thing to go through. But for my son, I felt it was very necessary due to the the state of mind that my uh, then wife was in and that sort of thing. So, uh, so with these real problems, real problems, which were far and wide different than all the fun I had in my twenties, mm -hmm. um, I had to grow up, you know, and say, look, Aubrey, stop going out to all these bars, stop thinking you can party until four in the morning and getting to work at eight o'clock. You need to get a good night's sleep. You need to be there mm -hmm. for your son and not risk doing crazy things and get put in jail. And you're not there for your son, especially if yeah. you're trying to, to get, you know, custody. get custody. So, um, yeah. yeah, there were some there were some things I had to break. And, and that when you said you felt like there was a big thing that happened, um, you uh, hit the nail right between the eyes, my friend. That that was <laughs> that was the big thing right there. Yeah, it was, it yeah. definitely sounds like it. I mean, like another human, another you running around without you, you know, someone to guide and someone to share your, your experience with. Yeah, I mean, that would be hard to be away from that. And I, I find it interesting. And I mean, I understand that it is, it's, I imagine it's painful for you to, to decide that you wanted to put your family first and stop traveling so much. And to just have it fall apart because you're thinking that's the way we're going to resolve it. That's the way we're going to get closer together and then still have it fall apart. So then, then after that, you had even more issues with it. And so when, what did you do after that? Like, so your life have changed. You stopped, you stopped drinking as much. You went for custody, you decided that mm -hmm. you were going to make, um, make your life better. So you've kind of identified some key things in your life that you wanted to remove. Can you tell us about what happened afterward? Um, was there any other key sure. things aside from uh, drinking and playing hard? Um, no. Um, hmm. You know, uh, things started to really turn for the better. And there were some hmm. things about myself that I was starting to learn. Um, I quit drinking altogether and, um, and, and, you know, it's funny how I was, I was always told if you're going to stop doing something that's bad, replace it with something that's good. And so, um, as my son, as my son started to get older and older, you know, like, um, five, six, seven, eight, and so forth, <clears throat> I started to just really play an active role in his, in his life, you know, and, and I had the job where I was going, you know, to work every day and not traveling and coming home every night. And, and, you know, I, I was coaching his, his, uh, his baseball leagues. I was, 
um, I was a den leader for his Cub Scouts, you know, and nice. and then I would, yeah. you know, take him to school and pick him up, help him, you know, with his flash words and 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 reading and homework, and um, we'd read a story at night, you know, and I'd have him read a paragraph, I read a paragraph, so he can get his uh, reading skills better, you know, as he as he got older when he was like five, six and so forth. And so, you know, and, and, and that started to fulfill me. And also being a father really, really was my wake up call to say, Aubrey, you don't have it all figured out, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so I'm like, well, you know, man, all I can do as far as being a father is go by the template that was placed before me with my parents to mm-hmm. me and my siblings. But there's some things that happened in there that was of a different generation that I don't think would necessarily apply here with me as a parent. What are mm-hmm. those things that I want to carry over? And what are those things that I want to quote, uh, break the cycle and, 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 and do something different, right? That's mm-hmm. where I really started to think strategically um, between those things, trying to be very discerning so that, you know, Things that weren't provided to me growing up as a boy um, that I yearned for and needed, I wanted to make sure I had available to him as a father, you know, giving that type of nurturing to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it sounds like you have really stuck with the uh, work hard, play hard, because as you were talking about your son, you have the biggest smile. I can hear, I mean, I'm sure the audience can hear you smile about how you <laughs> spent time with him. And you're just like, yeah. all right, instead of, you know, this kind of play, you're going to spend a lot of time with Cub Scouts and, and uh, you're going to teach him how to play baseball. You're going to spend all this time with yeah. him learning and having fun. So I think that's really yeah. amazing. And it's and it sounds like it was way more fulfilling, obviously, right? Um, so you oh, also talked very much so. Yeah, <laughs> you also talked about how mm. um, you broke the cycle with your parents, quote unquote, broke the cycle. I think that our generation is the one that is kind of more enlightened than than our parents, but so we get to share this advantage of our enlightenment to the younger people who the kids who are like eight, nine, they're starting to learn about their, their feelings and emotions and, and not just that a father is there to put food on the table and not necessarily hug or tell his son that he loves him, you know? So those are some of the things that that's right. It sounds like, yeah, Spot it sounds on. like that. Yeah. Like you're there mm-hmm. for that emotional support as well. So that's, that's pretty amazing. So it sounds Absolutely. like, you rediscovered something. So is that part of like the road to rediscovery? Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? You talk about stuff like that. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. That's exactly what we talk about, you know, um, on the road to rediscovery. It's all about reflecting on life's lessons. All right. And, you know, when you're in, let's, I use my example with the twenties, when you have, when you're in your twenties, for instance, and you have a certain event happen, you know, um, you may not be in the right frame of mind to uh, understand that there's a message behind that lesson. There's a message behind that event. You know, um, you may do whatever you can to put a Band-Aid over it, whatever that event is, and then you move on, okay, with your early 20s mindset and fast-paced uh, type of living. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward to your 30s, that 
another event happens. It's a different event, but it gives you the same message. And in my 30s, I stop and I think, hey, wait a minute. I think I've seen this before. I think I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. There's, there's got to be a lesson or message. Something, Someone's trying to tell me something because this is happening again. And I think I've seen this somewhere before. That's the point where you rediscover that message. You rediscover that lesson. And this time, you don't just put a Band-Aid over it. You actually deal with it. You reflect mm-hmm. on it. You learn what that lesson is. And that lesson is contributed to your growth. And then the more you do that with different lessons that come to you, then um, the more you're equipped to help others who are struggling. All right. And so in my 30s, with that that rediscovery point, I may be in a, which I was, I may be in a better, uh, not a better, well, I guess better, but a different state of mind than my 20s. Okay, mm-hmm. a state of mind of and I'm of maturity, and with the state of mind of maturity, then I'm more aware that this event is providing a lesson to me, and I need to take that lesson and heed it and understand what it is. Um, Absolutely, again, that's that's the road to rediscovery, and uh, quite honestly, Lee, it started out as a blog back in 2013, and I just wanted to chronicle different parts of my life and and share. Um, in a blog, you know, certain events in my life and what brought a point of reflection and rediscovery to me um, based off, you know, whatever blog entry I had. It could have been about um, when I was in high school. It could have been about when I was in college. It could have been about when I was uh, out clubbing, you know, mm-hmm. um, just just I, I share those things. And then in 2018, I decided, you know, because I have um, a hobby in voiceover, and I have a couple clients that I do some freelance work for for projects doing, you know, voiceover. I wanted to combine my love for wanting to have a show and for doing voiceover and put it together in a podcast space, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I created uh, or I transformed, I guess, the road to rediscovery from a blog to a podcast. And to some degree, it's still a blog. It's out on WordPress. I still make entries. But uh, I, I started sharing my own stories on the podcast, my own stories of, you know, um, um, my lessons, my life journey and so forth. And then slowly people started to who started to listen would email me and say, Aubrey, I listened to X, Y, Z episode. And man, I mean, that was so relatable to what I went through, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd love to share it with you and with your listeners. And I said, okay, sure. Come on to the show, you know? And then that's how I organically started to grow, um, grow, you know, to where I, I, I wow. interview guests. I, I, I host an interview guests, you know, um, that's how it started. Yeah. Well, that's quite a story. And it, it's such an inspiring story where you just wanted to share, just wanted to Actually, it wasn't even necessarily about you sharing with other people, not to grab their mm-hmm. attention or anything. It was about you mm-hmm. just getting it out of you. And other people yeah. just saw it and gravitated to it. And that just makes me think of this pattern again of where you have this self-confidence. Again, you're solid as a rock. You know what you want. You know how you want it done. Mm-hmm. And you go out there and do it. And people see, oh, look at this guy. 
he's got it going on. I've got to go see what's going on with yeah. him. It seems like that is something that's going to be prevalent in your life because it's continuing on. I I mean, that's one of the things it that is. drew but me I'm, to you. I'm trying so. to make it different, though. <laughs> what's that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, yeah. just saying, um, you know, having that, that confidence and everything, um, I, I still try to have it, you know, um, have conviction, be very determined. But I want it to be different. And here's what I mean. I want to have that confidence and have that bravado, I guess you can say, in a productive, value-add way that helps others. And at the same time, um, uh, at the same time, understand that, you know, I have a heart for service and, um, and, and to be humble, you know, to know that I don't have it all figured out. I'm not in control of everything and, um, and, Mm. and, and just have acceptance of that. Wow. Well said, well said. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I have to sit with that for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it shows up like that too. Mm -hmm. It definitely does. It shows up in the work that you do and the connections that you make. Yeah. The people (sighs) that are inspired by you and it's hard to, it's hard. Is it hard to believe? <laughs> it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be. <laughs> no, no, it shouldn't be. You know, yeah. um, as long as you believe, if you believe what you're doing in your heart of hearts is helping others is, uh, you know, if you're excited about something, you can't get other people excited about things if you're not excited about it. So exactly. I, I'm excited about my podcast. I'm excited about its message. I'm excited about every guest that comes on the show and and I'm excited to share it with my listeners. And so, you know, it, it's, it, I want it to be contagious, you know, I want it to, mm. to, to people to, 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 to be attracted by it, you know, and, uh, and, and have that same energy to receive um, that same energy to listen, you know? Um, so um, to me, it totally is an act of service. It's not to, Hey, listen to how I sound. Because trust me, I stumble <laughs> over my words left and right. Sometimes I'm halfway in the middle of gathering a thought as I'm mentioning it or saying it out. Mm-hmm. And then there may be a little gap or something in there. So, you know, it's all I try to be as authentic as possible, um, you know, when it comes to just saying how I feel. How you feel. Yes. Yeah, so, and that gives us so many that gives the listeners so much uh, invitation to also do the same. So that is absolutely amazing. And with that, you know, I think that people should be able to to find you. So where where can people find you? Oh, thank you so much, Lee. Uh, yeah, um, The Road to Rediscovery is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Lipson. It's, it's syndicated. Wherever you listen to your shows, you can find it. Even tune in. Um, Google Podcasts, the list goes on. Anchor, the list goes on. So, um, awesome. yeah, anywhere you can, uh, you listen to podcasts, you can find it there, or you can access my website, road to rediscovery.com. That's road, the number two rediscovery.com. Fantastic. You know, there's another thing that I wanted to ask you about, which is this um, wellness recovery or wellness alignment book. So is it uh, going to share some of the same, uh, lessons that you just shared with us here? Like, what can I expect? And when I, when I go get this. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking about that, Lee. Yeah. This is called the road to rediscovery 
wellness alignment series. Okay. And it's a series of three eBooks and you can get it on the roadsrediscovery.com slash shop. And, um, it's a three part series. Okay. And the, the message behind it is you want to, it talks about the importance of, um, wellness practices, okay, and wellness methods to um, help and assist in attaining your life goals, whether it's relationships or career, okay, your mm-hmm. self-development goals. So taking um, wellness practices, wellness methods, and aligning that to your self-development goals of, say, finance or career or relationships, aligning that. And, um, the, the three, the three sessions or the three, um, series or the three eBooks are the first one is, um, laughter. And then there is mindful breathing and then physical activity. So, um, I, very interesting. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. And trust me, I'm no therapist. I'm no licensed, uh, coach or anything like that but i i share uh anecdotes from my journey in each of those uh books to um kind of support or reinforce um what i'm trying to you know reinforce the message in taking wellness practices to align with your self-development goals things that i've done to help mm-hmm. me with my career and relationships, um, you know, when it came to mindful breathing, when it came to laughter, mm-hmm. and when it came to you know physical activity. So, so I hope that makes sense. But that that's what the wellness alignment series is about. Oh yeah, definitely. It sounds like a full experience. You know, we try to separate the mind and body, but that's not necessarily mm-hmm. so. You need to also laugh. You need to be thinking about your physical activities. You need to be able mm-hmm. to. You know, breathe in, breathe out, and um, just regulate right. yourself. Regulate yourself. That's so, right. yeah, it's really interesting. I bet there's some really great nuggets of information in there because um, we only got a chance to touch the surface of your experience and your your journey. But with that, we've got a lot of information through it. So it'd be exciting to do a deep dive into those books. Well, you know, Aubrey, I really oh, want to thank sure. you. Yeah, I really want to thank you for coming on and being my very first guest. It was an absolute honor to to have you. And maybe sometime again, you'll come back and we'll reconnect. Oh, for sure, Lee, no doubt. And likewise, um, thank you for asking me, um, you know, to uh, to come on your show and chat a little bit. Uh, I, I hope I... Um, you know, was able to add value and answer your questions. Uh, clearly, um, <laughs> it, it was a pleasure and an honor to, um, to be your first guest. And uh, I am really looking forward. I mean, you have some, some really, really great episodes of very value add information when it comes to, you know, um, just being in, 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 in touch, in, in touch with your beat. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and and so I, I really appreciate you sharing that knowledge with the listeners, uh, myself included. And um, I'm looking forward to future guests you have on your show. Absolutely. Let's go out there and show everybody that 
Well, just like them. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Just like them. That wraps up my very first interview with Aubrey Johnson. I got to tell you, that was so much fun. It's very interesting to learn more about his background. And it was inspiring to listen to him talk about the patterns that he had, take action on them, and turn them into new possibilities. My name's Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his. And you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. I hope that you found this episode interesting and entertaining. And if you did, please share it with someone that you think might find it interesting. Also, follow me on Instagram. Find me on YouTube. Find me on Clubhouse, Patterns of Possibility. And all social media is actually Patterns of Possibility. Until next time, take care.